0: Well, praise the Lord, grace to you, and we're grateful unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he is mighty, for he is holy, for he is a strong tower, for he is there, hallelujah, to meet us at the point of our need, and we are grateful unto him. Well, we thank you today for joining us for another broadcast, whether you're whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the evening or whether it is at night. We want to thank you for joining us for a word for today. And I'm Pastor Renee. We give God praise and honor for every opportunity that he gives us. So we are just so thankful. And so today we're going to go right into the word that God has given us. And the word for today comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18 in the NIV version. And this is what it says. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, in everything in everything that we face or we are enduring, give thanks because it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The will of God means God has ordained for it to be. Let us give him thanks in everything. Glory be to God. So today we're going to talk about A strategy plan for what we are facing. A strategy plan for what we are facing. Now the strategy weapon that God is using in this place where we are in is thanksgiving. You might say thanksgiving in a place where my faith is being tried, in a face where I'm in the middle of a battle? Yes, Thanksgiving. Now, this is what Thanksgiving means. It's not talking about the holiday that comes once a year and we give thanks on that day. We meet with our family, we sit down and have a meal, uh, and we give thanks. That's not the Thanksgiving that God is talking about. But what he is talking about is, he's talking about the thanksgiving that is a part of worship. That thanksgiving. Giving God thanks helps us to keep our eyes on the Lord instead of complaining. It helps us to keep our eyes on the Lord instead of complaining. Hallelujah. So how? Are we using thanksgiving as a weapon? When we thank God for what He has already done in our lives, in the midst of what's going on all around you, you're thanking God for what is already done, or you're thanking God for what He is working out in our lives. Right now, sometimes you have to look for things to thank God for. Because everything is trying to overwhelm you. Everything is trying to overtake you. So you have to look for something and give God thanks for that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's look at another weapon. That God used. So this weapon is going to come from 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. When you have time, read the whole entire chapter. But I don't have time to go through the whole chapter right now. So it's about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was in getting ready to go to battle. Hallelujah. He had many enemies that he was to go into battle with. But God had a plan. So here is the plan that God told Jehoshaphat to use. First of all, he said, appoint singers. Put them in the front of the line in front of the soldiers. Now, if you try to figure that out in your mind, Why would a person put singers in front of the soldiers when we're in a battle getting ready to go to war? But God's ways is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Hallelujah. So God told him, he said, appoint singers. Put them on the front line in front of the singers now they didn't just go off singing anything they sung what god had told jehoshaphat to tell the singers to sing this is what he told them. he said sing praise the lord for his mercy endureth forever praise the lord for his mercy endureth forever praise the lord for his mercy endureth forever The more they sang those words, the greater the anointing began to flow, and the more the anointing, hallelujah, began to flow, hallelujah, the more the anointing began to flow. What happened? What happened? The enemy began to start getting confused. The more the anointing flew, Flow, excuse me, the more that the anointing was flowing, it was flowing, hallelujah. It began to bring confusion to the enemies that was to come in battle against Jehoshaphat. Fact, hallelujah. The anointing is powerful. Remember, it will break every yoke and every chain. So the anointing began to come in the midst. Hallelujah. It began to come in the midst of them. So the anointing flowing meant that God was with them in the midst. That God was with them in the midst. The more you call on Jesus and the more his anointing flow, you invite him to come into the midst of what's happening in your life. Because Jehoshaphat, oh, excuse me, Because Jehoshaphat obeyed the strategic plan that God gave him, the weapon that God told him to use, they came out victorious. Because they used the weapon that God told them to use. They defeated all of their enemies. There was a greater number of, of his enemies than those that were to fight with Jehoshaphat. But they were defeated because of the anointing. Hallelujah. See, the weapon that was used here was singing under the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing. Singing under the power of the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You never know what weapon God will tell you to use in your in his strategic plan for your life. Hallelujah. The Lord always has a strategy plan for our lives no matter what we are facing. He has the weapon that he wants to use. So you got to seek him. You got to wait until he gives it to you. Which weapon to use? Hallelujah. Which weapon he wants you to use? The weapon that God is telling you to use may not make any sense at all, but he knows what will bring victory. It probably didn't make no sense to Jehoshaphat. When the Lord told him, gather the singers, bring them on the front line." And tell them to sing under the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will see victory. Now it probably didn't make no sense. I'm sure it made no sense to their enemies. What is going on here? They're singing. What is this singing supposed to do? But the singing allow the power of the Holy Spirit the anointing of God, come in the midst. Hallelujah. Every weapon that God tells us to use is powerful. It's powerful. Every weapon is powerful. Prayer is a weapon is powerful. Prayer is a weapon is powerful. Singing hallelujah under the anointing of God is powerful. Reading the scriptures out so it can change the atmosphere is powerful. Is powerful. You gotta do what God is telling you to do. You gotta use the weapons that He has already planned for you. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. So whatever weapon God tells you to use is is, hallelujah. You must obey the weapon he's telling you to use. You want the victory? Use the weapon and the plan that God gives you. If you don't use the weapon, if you don't use the plan that God is telling you, you will not be victorious. We're victorious when we obey the plan and the weapon that God is telling us to use. For where we are at. Hallelujah. Every weapon. Every weapon that God tells us to use is powerful. Let's remember that. Let's remember that. Can we thank God in everything? And there some people might think, Well, can I thank God I lost my job? Can I thank God... Then my wife walked out on me. Can I thank God I lost my house? Can I thank God when my body is in pain? Can I thank God? It says that we can thank God. Our proof is in First Thessalonians 5 and 18. For it's the will of God. It's the will of God. That we give thanks in everything. So when something is the will of God, it means God has ordained it. God has ordained it. Look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus already knew. He already knew. He already knew what his plan was. That he was to go to die on the cross. For the sins of the world, hallelujah, and that he would be that sacrifice that would help connect the people of God back into relationship with his father, hallelujah. but Jesus, being a man in the flesh, knew what was about to come, so what he did was he said, "Father, because he fear was coming against him, Father." If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Now, that was the flesh talking. Because the flesh is free. Uh, Jesus already knew what a crucifixion was like. It wasn't that somebody just took a sword and just, and just took and uh, strike you one time. But it was unmerciful what he was to go through so within himself in his flesh became afraid and he said father if it be thy will let this cup pass from me but the spirit of god rose up on the inside and said nevertheless not my will but your will be done how many times how many times Have you ever had to say that? Oh, nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will be done. Yes, in the will of God can be some very hard things. The Bible says, endure hardness as a good soldier. So that means that there will be times and things that we will be faced with that will be hard. But be of good cheer. I'm with you. I've overcome everything that you're going to have to face. Nevertheless. See, that's the spirit taking over. That's the spirit taking over now. You're you're hearing the voice of God, and God is is beginning to bring peace to your spirit. You say, nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. How many times? I'm going to say it again. How many times? Had you ever had to say, not what I want, God, but your will. I I, I want to do your will. And that means in order to do the will of God, we have to surrender our flesh. Our flesh has to surrender to the will of God. Amen. No matter what it is that we're facing, we don't know everything that's going to be allowed in the will of god for us so nevertheless not my will but your will be done hallelujah glory be to god does god already know that in his will you will face some things that are going to be hard yes does god know in his will there were some things you will have to face that you don't understand yes does God know that you don't have a clue of what he's telling you to do for his will? Yes. Yes. Those are the times like any other time you would have to say, not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. We must trust God. We must trust God. Even though we don't know his will, even though we don't know what's in this, but we will trust God. Trusting God means, Lord, whatever comes, I'm going to trust you. Whatever comes. God, I don't understand everything, but I give you glory. God, I don't understand everything, Lord, but I thank you, God, for being so good to me. Lord, I thank you for meeting every need. I thank you, God, for fighting my battle, but I don't know everything that's included. But I still thank you. I still thank you, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So can we give thanks in everything? As we said earlier, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says that we can. It is the proof that we can. God will never, ever, never, ever tell us to do something that we're not able to do. We must remember that. Whatever God is asking of us to do, he will never tell us to do or ask anything of us that we're not able to do. Remember, God remembers what he invested in us. Since he knows what he has invested in us, he makes good on what he has invested in us. When the time comes, what has been invested? excuse me, invested, now is the time to use it, and now is the time to come forth in this situation. So yes, we can. We can give thanks in everything, for it's the will of God concerning us. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, say that everything's going on all around you, and you're surrounded, and People might be saying, as much as you're going through, what in the world are you thanking God for? List some things. Here's some things we're thanking God for. One, we're thanking him that he is with us in what's going on in our lives. Number two, he's walking with us. We are not alone. Number three. He is encouraging us because he knows the end and how it's going to come out. And he knows that you're going to come out. Let me say that one more time. What are we thanking God for? You mean to tell me all you're going through? You can thank God? What are you thanking God for? Number one, that he is with us us and he's in it with us he's with us no matter what's going on in our lives he's with us. let me say that again that he is with us in what is going on in our lives number two he is he is walking with us we are not alone we we might feel like we're alone, but God is with us. He's walking to help us to walk out what this is that we need to walk out so we're not alone. Number three, he is encouraging us because he knows the end. He knows the outcome of what is going on. He knows that we're coming out. He knows that we're coming out. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous of the people of God. Not that God may bring you out. Not that he's thinking about bringing you out, but many are the afflictions of the righteous, of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from them all. That is a promise. That is a promise. And you will sometimes need a plan to help you stand while the promise is being fulfilled. Glory be to God. But He will deliver you. But He will deliver you out of them all. That includes everything that's going on in your life. He will deliver you from them all. Glory be to God. When we give God thanks, even though we may be in a very rough, difficult, and hard place in our life, when we give him thanks, we're telling him, Lord, I trust you. No, I don't understand what's happening. No, I don't know why all it is, God, but I'm letting you know I'm thanking you, God, because I'm putting my trust in him. That's what it tells God. Lord, We tr- I trust you. I-, I-, I trust you, God. You're not a man that you should lie. You said you will be with me. You are with me. You said you have a plan, God, for where I'm at. You have a plan. But I must surrender to the plan, God. So I can't surrender to the plan if I don't trust you. So I have to trust you. Because you know God was best for me. God always has. Our best interest at heart. When anything is going on that concerns us. He has our best interest. He has our best interest at heart. Always. Always. Hallelujah. Always. Like we said before. We may not know how God is going to work out what's happening in our lives. But. Putting our trust in him again. Again. Tells tells him, I don't know how this is going to work, but I trust you that you will do it. Hallelujah. It's going to be for my good. It's going to be for my good. Whatever you're working out is going to be for my good. Now, that means that it won't start out good. It means it won't start out good. But God. Having a purpose for allowing this for his will will turn it around and cause it to work for your good. Why? Because you love the Lord, number one. And you're called according to his purpose. Number one, you love the Lord and you're called according to his purpose by God allowing and taking you through this place that's going to work for your good. See, this is what's going to come out of it. The Lord said, I will get glory from your life because you allowed me to work out my will in this situation, in your life. Hallelujah. And you will have a testimony. You mean to tell me if I follow? The strategy plan, the weapon that God has given me to use and where I'm at, he going to work it out for my good because I love him and because he has a purpose and because he wants to get the glory out of my life and he will give me a testimony? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. Glory be to God. When we give God thanks, hallelujah. When we give God thanks, we can trust him, whether we're in a test, whether we're in a trial, or a storm. See, giving thanks to God, let me just tell you some things when we're giving thanks to God. Because we giving thanks to God, hallelujah, while our faith is being tested, it's being tested. She didn't speak to me, it's more than your faith being tested. While your faith is being tested, you are able to give God thanks, why? Because you trust in him. You are trusting him. I don't know about this journey. God, I don't know about this path that you're calling me to walk on. This process is not easy, but I'm going to trust you. Hallelujah. When you are in a season of storms, one right after the other, one, there's a reason, there's a purpose. Each storm is doing something. But when you're in a season of it, hallelujah, When you're in a season, excuse me, a seasons of storm, God will give you the strength, glory be to God, that you need. Why? Because you're giving him thanks and because you're trusting him. See, we give God thanks. And because we trust him, he gives us what we need. We get what we need while we're in the test, while we're in the storm, while we're in the trial. Hallelujah. God will give us endurance. That means so you can last. God will give us endurance. Hallelujah. He will give it to us when we're faced with a trial. Why? Because you're not complaining about what's happening in the trial. But you choose, glory be to God, you choose to give God thanks. Number one, he knows all things. He knows all things. He knows how it's going to work together for our good. So we give God thanks. Why? Because we're trusting in him. This is something I've never been through in my life. That is absolutely right. It is absolutely right. But I'm going to still give him thanks. Hallelujah. Because I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. I'm giving God thanks. I'm trusting him. And trusting him allows us to apply what we need in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The more we give God thanks. The more it opens the door for the anointing to come into the midst of our situation or where we are at in our lives. The more, the more I give God thanks, the more it opens the door for the anointing to come in, glory be to God, to come into the midst. Of right where I'm at in a place of where I'm going through. The more, the more, the more we give God thanks, the more it opens the door for the anointing to come into the midst of where we are at in our lives. The more we open, the more we do it. The door opens. The more, look, the the door stays open. The door, the more we give God thanks, the door is open. Glory be to God. His anointing is in the midst of us. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Giving God thanks invites him in. God never, he never forces his way in anything in our lives. Do you know that we have to invite him into every situation? I don't care how long you've been walking with God, don't know how well you know him, or whatever. When we invite God in, that means we are allowing him to come into what else needs to be done in our lives. We have to invite God in at the very beginning of our walk so that we could receive salvation. But that's not the only area that we have to invite God in. We have to invite God in everything that's going on in our lives. When we don't invite God in, we try to fix things ourselves. We try to find ways to fix it out. We try to analyze it. We try to see which is the best way. But the best way is let God in. Let him give you his plan. And then what is going on will work. He got the plan for how to overcome. He got the plan, hallelujah, where you will get victory. So we have to let God in. For his plan is above ours, hallelujah. His strategic plan, hallelujah, is much greater than the one we ever could thought we could come up with. Hallelujah. The more we give thanks, to the lord causes us to complain less so you can't be thanking god and complaining at the same time and think that you're going to receive what you receive because you're thanking god and trusting god you will not get the same one day i'm thanking god the next day i'm complaining three days i'm thanking god and four days i'm complaining because Do you know when you start complaining and murmuring, why is this happening? How come I got to go through this? Why, why, why? When we do that, do you know it's your murmuring and your complaining that stops God from moving? God never moves in fear, but it's faith that God moves in. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. Right now faith. It didn't say right now fear. It said right now faith is the substance. It's the main ingredient. Hallelujah. So be careful that we are not complaining. It's the things that God is allowed. He knows what he's doing. God doesn't let us choose what tests that we have to go through. Because we're going to always pick the test that's going to seem to be the easiest. That's why. The only thing that's wrong with that is you will not mature and you will not grow spiritually. You will stay in the same place. It's just like, because I know elementary school is easy, I want all my tests to be surrounded by that. But God says... But, see, you are maturing. And I'm calling you now to move up to middle school or junior high, whatever they call it. But if you stay at the elementary stage, you won't won't receive what you need to continue to go on. Amen? Amen. 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 So, the more we give thanks causes us to complain less and it- praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and grace to you. That's what it's all about. It's all about us winning souls for the kingdom of God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Why should we rejoice? Because our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is with us. No matter what we face through the day, He don't kick us to the curb and come back when it's over, but He's right with us through whatever we face. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whenever you may be listening to this broadcast, we welcome you. We welcome you and we thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor Renee of Jehovah Shama Restoration Ministries. And I'm excited that the Lord our God is doing great things. And he's doing great things in the earth. He's doing great things in us. And... His word is not going to come back void, but it shall accomplish whatever it is sent to do. Oh, glory be to the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give him much glory, hallelujah. He specializes in things, hallelujah, that seems to have no hope. He specializes in things where you don't know what to do. He specializes when your back is against the wall. So we serve a God who specializes. Now, is that something to be happy, to rejoice about? Yes, it is. 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 Well... Let's get ready and go into the Word of God to see what the Lord wants to say to us today. Let us receive it and let us apply it to our own life first. Then let us help a brother or sister apply it to their lives. So today's word will come from Matthew chapter 20 verse 28 and this is this is what it says even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many can I read that one more time even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. He gave his life as a ransom for many. So there was a cause. He gave his life for many. Hallelujah. So, today we're going to be talking about call to serve others. Called to serve others. Now, call means you have been summoned by God for a special assignment. You have been called by God. You have been summoned for a special assignment. The mandate of this call to serve others came from God. He is the one who established it. So we're called to serve. Serve means to perform a duty or a service for another person. This service that we are called to do is to meet the need of another person hallelujah do we have an example of how to serve others yes we do jesus christ was our example of how to serve others and to meet their needs jesus christ was our example of how to serve others And meet the needs of another person. He is the greatest person that we follow the example when it comes to serving others. When it comes to meeting the need. He is our greatest example. Hallelujah. Now Jesus did not give us directive from heaven on how we are to serve others on earth. Because see. It's in the earth that we need to meet the needs and serve others. When we go to heaven, we won't need to be serving nobody. We won't be needing meeting all needs. All needs will already be met. So we won't have to serve anyone or meet them at their needs. Hallelujah. God calls us down here. He won't need to be calling us when we go to heaven. Amen. Amen. So now, as we say, Jesus did not give directives from heaven on what we should do. But what he did was, he came in human flesh. Hallelujah. And he became the perfect example that was needed. Because man needed an example. So Jesus was the example on how we are to serve And how we are to meet the needs of us. Amen. Glory be to God. Now the first people that Jesus taught and trained how to serve and meet the needs of others was the disciples. Remember, he called them. Right? Here's God calling them. So now, if Jesus is here on earth to meet needs, those who is his leaders have to know how to serve and meet the needs of others. Once the leader has it, now you have to teach the people under you how to serve and meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. To meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. Don't get mad at your pastor when they're teaching about uh serving and meeting the needs of others. Remember, the mandate came from God and the example came from Jesus and we are to follow Jesus example. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, after the disciples' training was over and Jesus he went back to heaven, The disciples, which are now called apostles, went and they fulfilled what they were called to do and serve and met the needs of others. That was after Jesus went back. Hallelujah. So now, the apostles needed to leave an example for those who were coming after, which was us. So, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, they wrote the scriptures of the New Testament, which includes examples of how they served and met the needs of others. And also, in the Gospels, they wrote how Jesus served and met the needs of others. While when Jesus was training them, do you not know that he was serving them? He was serving them how to be uh, disciples. He was serving, serving, excuse me, he was serving them what they needed to be taught as to be leaders to carry on the work. He taught them how you should present the gospel. He taught them how to meet the needs of people. He taught them what they needed to know so that when he left, they could continue on the work. And so as they continued on the work, since we were those who are coming after they wrote the Bible in the New Testament, that gives us what we need, hallelujah, so that we have a guideline and an example to follow by, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. See, we need the guidelines. Again, our serving is down here on earth. That's where our serving is. That's where our meeting and needs is. Down on earth. Hallelujah. In heaven, every person will already have received Jesus Christ. Their needs will already be met. So we got to work down here. We got to work down here to help the people down here to get prepared to become kingdom citizens in the kingdom of God. So now, how do we serve others and meet their needs? The way that we do that is through the ministry that God has given each of us, which gives us the ability through the anointing, hallelujah, of the Holy Spirit to serve others. The anointing gives us the ability to do supernaturally what we cannot do in the natural. So God gives us this ministry, this ministry, hallelujah. And then he gives us the ability through the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of others. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to serve others in the earth. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is a spirit. And what needs to be done and the job that needs to be done, a spirit got to have a body so it can function So when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside, the work that we are continually to do, hallelujah, comes because we've been filled with the Spirit. Okay? We allow the Spirit of God to come in. He's able to use us to function and operate and to do whatever we are called to do on the earth. But they need a body to be able to operate Now, the more people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more people we are able to reach as the body of Christ. As the body of Christ. The more people that are filled with the Spirit of God, the more people we are able to reach. Glory be to God. John 14 and 12, it says, Greater works shall you do after I go back to my Father. If you want to read the rest of that, you you can read it at a later time. That's John 14 and 12. Now, let's look at this example. The disciples reached and served more people than Jesus did. We are to reach To serve and meet the needs of more people than the disciples. The key is being filled with the Spirit of God, His anointing that gives us the ability to be able to reach them. Glory be to God. We are the servants of the Most High God. We are God's people. We are the servants of the Most High God. We are servants of God, which should never be taken lightly. We should never take it lightly that we are servants of God. But we should show the highest respect for who we are in God. The highest respect. We should show Him respect. And we should respect that we are the servants of God, representatives of God in the earth. Therefore, our life got to back up what we're talking about. Our lives, hallelujah, is the evidence that Jesus Christ has entered in and that we have been filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. How are people going to know that you are the servants of God? By the way, that you live your life in the name of Jesus by the way that you live your life according to the word of God hallelujah we are examples in the earth so we have to be careful what we do we have to be careful what we say we have to be careful where we go unless the spirit of God is leading you there for a purpose Be careful where you go. Be careful what conversations you get caught up in. Be careful of what kind of things you do. Be careful, hallelujah, what you think. Hallelujah. Because if you think something according to to the flesh and not unto the spirit and the word of God, hallelujah, it will hinder you from doing the work of God. Hallelujah. Every one of us, has been called to do a work from God. Everybody is not called to do the same thing. But we are all called to do the work of God. Now somewhere in that place in your life, we're all called. We're all called to be disciples. We're all called to be disciples. We're all called to go into the earth, hallelujah, and compel men to come. Somewhere in your walk, you are called to do that. We are all servants of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Now, the title or the position that you hold does not change that we are servants of God. Servants of God is not mediocre. It's a very, it's a very high and respected position. Because we're what? We're serving God. How? How we serve may be others. Because who God wants you to reach may not be who God wants me to reach. So the anointing that's on your life and the gifts that he has given you is to use for whoever God is directing you to go to. Hallelujah. So it won't be the same, but it does not change that we are all servants. Servants of God. Servants of God represents royalty. We are royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. In the royal family are kings and queens. They are royalty and so are we. We are the royalty of the body of Christ, the children of God, servants of the most high God. So just just think sometime before you do something. I'm a servant of the most high God. I'm a servant of the most high God. Hallelujah. A servant of the most high God. Called to serve others as the spirit of the lord directs us so that's how we know who to go to because the spirit of the lord will direct us glory be to god and we will be led to that person or people that god wants us to serve and meet their needs that's the purpose every person on earth has a need every person has a need That God wants us to meet. Hallelujah. We know that if you're not saved. That the need you have is you need to receive Jesus Christ. But there's also other needs. That God will use us to meet that need. And. Because God loves us. He will use us. To meet the needs of each other. It's a servant of God. Glory be to God. Romans 8 and 14, it says that we are the sons of God and we are led by the spirit of God, right? So it says we are the sons of God and through the leading of the spirit of God, we will be led to those whom God wants us to serve. You don't got to go searching. You don't go try to make a list. God, through the spirit of God, will lead and direct us who he wants us to serve. Glory be to God. Because, see, if you say, uh, I'm going to go meet that need, and it wasn't by the Spirit of God, it was by the flesh. So the real need that the person had didn't really get met because it wasn't you being led by the Spirit of God. We are the sons of God. Because we are led of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because we are led by God. Now sons also mean daughters. Back then it just said sons, which include mankind. So women and men are included in mankind. So we are the sons of God that are led by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever God wants you to do, you will be led by the Spirit of God to fulfill what He's telling you to do. Amen. Amen. Now, you don't have to compare or be in competition with anyone or fight over who God uses you to serve. You you, you don't have to do that. But we remember, it's by the leading of the Spirit of God that we know who we are to serve and meet their needs. God will never call us to serve and meet the needs of another person that he has not given us the ability to serve. Remember, the ability comes through the anointing and the Holy Spirit. That's how we're able to, to meet the person at their need. He's never going to call you to do something that he hasn't given you the ability to do. Hallelujah. There's a difference in God calling you and directing you to do something and you don't want to do it because you're afraid. And then there's another thing that you're doing something that God didn't call you to do. God won't get no glory out of what he did not call you to do. Only. What he has led you by the spirit to do. And we have to remember. We see, we, you know, sometimes we, we, we get excited and, and say, so, oh, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I want to do the other. But let's make sure we have a confirmation from the spirit of God that he is leading us to do it. Praise his holy name. Let's look at this example It's coming from the story of the woman at the well. Now, I'm not going to read the story, but if you would like to go back later, you can look through John chapter 4, verse 9 through 18. The woman at the well. Let's, excuse me, let's look at some points. Here's one point. It was the spirit that directed Jesus to go to her. He didn't go on his own. Hallelujah. Another point. This woman was a Samaritan, and Jews does not deal with Samaritans because they have been rejected by society. They've been rejected. Hallelujah. So I imagine she was wondering, well, why is he coming to me? Because they don't even speak to me. Oh, is he up to something? Can I be real on this? uh always oh, up to something always oh, trying to get with me it must be or something is wrong so you couldn't imagine she was afraid because jews don't deal you know to the Jews the Samaritans were people way under beneath me they were way under beneath me so would you be all that happy to speak to or even talk to somebody who holds you down very low esteem. No, you would not. Another point. Now, Jesus, he ministered to this woman according to what was going on into her life right now. When when the Spirit of the Lord directs you to go to somebody, right, And, and whatever's going on in their life, he always has you speak to them, from the place that they are right then. Right now, this is this is the what's going on. This is the need. So see, I have to be, I have to, to 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 be calm down and listen for the direction of how God wants me to serve this person to meet their need. God will give you the revelation. You have to wait. You have to wait until God gives you the revelation. And tells you what to do. Amen. Glory be to God. Then Jesus, he told her, says, you have been with five women. Excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry. You have been with five men. And the one that you are with right now is not your husband. Wow, what? How did he read my life like that? What kind of person is this? Suppose that happened to you. I mean, just come on now. Suppose that happened to you. Suppose God sent somebody to you. Uh, the five people you have already been with. You've been living with them. Let's just be real. You've been living with them. They're not your husband, okay? And and they come. And speak to, write what's going on in your life. See, you're not happy. That's why you go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. Because you're not happy. You're with them, but they're not your husband. And you're searching for love, but you're searching for it. And you're going about it in the wrong way. Hallelujah. So he told her what was going on. When, when, after she was converted and had received salvation, she went out. Can you imagine her going to her friends? I'm just paraphrasing. Going to her friends. Girl, let me tell you. I met this man. Boy, he met my need. He talked about everything that was going on in his life. Wow, girl. You ought to meet him. Well, what kind of guy is he? Well, what kind of guy is he? Ah, I know. Oh, he got a lot of money, don't he? He got a good job and he got a big car. No, he don't have none of those things. What he gave me was he gave me salvation that causes me to quench a thirst that I have been looking for in other people but only could receive through salvation. Girl, what are you talking about? You have lost your mind. What in the world is wrong with you? So when people don't understand when you have received Jesus Christ, they'll say you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. You're talking wild now. You're talking about him like he's a real person. He is. But you won't know that until you receive him into your life. So you have to receive him into your life. Therefore, you will not know. Glory be to God. Now, Jesus, he asked the woman for a cup of water. What that did was it opened the door to him to begin to have a conversation with the woman. And the more he talked with her, the more the fear left. And the more she could see that he was different Than any of these other Jews that walk by. And just turn their head and keep on going. But there's something different about him. I I, I don't feel afraid. I don't feel intimidated. I don't feel inferior. There's something different about this guy. Now he is a Jew because I know who Jews are. But he's different than the rest of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God sends you to the life of another person, do they say something different about her? I know people who go to church, but something different about her. Or something's different about him. There's something something different about them. Do they see that? Do they see that something's different? Because you have received Christ in your life. Do they see something different in your life? Because you can go to church all day long. But if you haven't received Jesus Christ, you just went to church, did a good thing, had a good time, and went home. So see, nothing has been changed. Your emotions got, hey, I love them songs. And all he preached. But my life has not been changed. That's the difference. My life has to be changed. For people to be able to see a difference in me, my life has to be changed through the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So now, let me me, me just bring this uh, example. If Jesus, now this is a if, okay? So if Jesus would have only saw the woman at the well through the eyes of flesh, he would have turned his head up and kept right on walking by. He would have missed what her need really was. Hallelujah. That's in the flesh. But because he saw the woman through the eyes of the spirit, what she needed and what she was lacking was fulfilled. That's what we're supposed to do. See it in the spirit. God gives us, he'll tell us, I want you to go to, um, let's see, go downtown. Prostitutes are down there, right? It's this one prostitute named nay. I want you to go. I'm sending you to her. And when you go, you're representing me so that you can serve the needs that she need. But if you only see it through the eyes of the flesh, you won't fulfill the need that God wants to get done. Are you crazy? I can't be seen talking to no prostitutes i got a reputation to uphold. Are you kidding me? What would people think? What would people think? But instead of worrying about what people will think, what will God think because I did not obey what he said? Now, God may give you the prompting in your spirit today. But he's preparing you, so that might mean he don't want you to go tonight. Sometimes he does. And sometimes he doesn't. So you let God prepare you. He already knows where you're going. So you have to listen, listen closely for the voice of God. So that he may reveal unto you the real need. And that you'll be covered with the blood. Hallelujah. And the word is with you. And the word of God is with you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Do you see people only through the eyes of the flesh and walk right by? Do you see people only through the eyes of flesh? Are you kidding me? I'm not getting nowhere near that person is homeless. I'm not going nowhere near that drug addict. I'm not going nowhere near that alcoholic. Are you crazy? I only am going to see it in the eyes of the flesh and walk right by. Or do you, through the Spirit, as God revealed their needs, meet the need that God is saying need to be met? Hallelujah. Your assignment is to meet a certain need. God didn't tell you about to do this, do that, and the other. So, suppose God, he sends you. He sends you to this person. This person is not saved, right? And the spirit of God knows all about the person. He says, but I'm sending you and you're going to sow a seed into that person's life, that's going to cause me to be able to work on their life. To work, see, the seed is sown, Somebody else is watering it, and somebody else is nurturing it. He said, but I just sent you to do this. Now, you're not the general Holy Spirit. You don't have to keep coming back to make sure that the person is doing What you think they should be doing. You fulfilled your job that God told them. I mean, told you to fulfill. You do what God told you to do. Not analyze it. Take out your pen. Well, let's see. They don't go to church. Let me see. They don't pray. They don't read their Bible. Well, if the person is unsaved, No, they won't be doing none of those things. If they're already doing those things, why would God send you to tell you to do something they already do? God is not going to tell you to do something that you're already doing. The reason he tells you is because you're not doing it. He will not tell you to do something that you are already doing. Remember, 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 A soul is precious to God. You must see them through the eyes of the Spirit. And you must treat them as precious as God sees them. No matter what's going on in their life, no matter what they're doing, you must see them through the eyes of the Spirit. Through the eyes of the Spirit. How you handle them means a lot. How you handle them means a lot. God send you to go get a backslider. Glory be to God. They was once in God, and now they're not walking with him anymore. God will reveal to you what he's going to use you to do and serve in their life. They got a need. We know they need to come back to God, but remember, God's going to meet them right at the place where they're at right now. It's not our job to put them down. It's not our job to talk bad about them. It's not our job to think that we're better than them. But see, they was with God. And something pulled them out of God. So make sure that when you're going, you're being led by the Spirit. Or else what you say... Will make them not want to come back to God. How do you think God feels when he sends us? He anoints us. He leads us through his spirit. To go to a person. And we do it our way. Instead of God's way. How how, how do you think? Oh yeah I went and I talked to them. But you didn't obey what God told you to. See we're called to serve. You're not doing no. You all are called to serve. To serve others and meet their need. We're called. We're called. We're called. No, all the people that we're called to serve is not unsaved. There's some saved people. Hallelujah. Let let me just give you this message for one minute. When you come together to fellowship, right, either in-house, right, or now online, The pastor, the preacher, whoever is there, is serving the people of God by giving them the word that God has for these people. Now, the people who are sitting under this, what their job is to do is to learn what God has brought forth. It's your job to learn. And your job to apply what you have learned. It's not your pastor's job to apply to your life what you have learned. It's your job. It's your job. It's your job. He served or she has served the word that God has given them. Do you realize that's meeting a need? God's meeting you spiritually right there. God don't just meet your spiritual need and forget about your natural need. Sometimes he does both at the same time. But remember, we're coming to gather together so that God can meet our needs. So that after he meets our needs, we can serve and meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. We got to look at it differently. The servant of God. A representative of God. we got to see it much better than that. We have to. We have to. Whether you have a title or whether you don't have a title, we all are servants. To serve in different capacities. What would it look like if everybody in the body of Christ were called to do the same, same thing? What would that look like? The people who need for to be reached by God can't be reached by God because we all are operating in the same effort. We're all operating in the same effort. So therefore, God's plan can't go forward. But the Bible said he gave some, not everybody, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers. And don't forget about the lay people. He called you too. It's not just your pastor's job to do everything, but you have a part as well. God gives you that word that you go to receive in whatever setting you're receiving the word in, so that he can meet that spiritual need, so he can meet you where you're at. Hallelujah. Jesus met the woman at the well where she was at, and he will meet you wherever you're at. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Every person has two needs in their lives. A need for God and a need for people. Both of them are necessary. Both of them are necessary. Now, nothing else can ever replace where God is to be in your life. So if you try to use another thing to fulfill the desire where God should be, it won't work. Because that place only belongs to God. Well, I get this job. I work all the time. I'm thinking that's fulfilling me. I'm in this relationship. I'm in five relationships. Hallelujah. But none of that is fulfilling this emptiness that I had. I brought a house. There's nothing wrong with getting a good job. And it's nothing wrong with having a house or a car. Glory be to God. There's nothing wrong with it. But those things will not replace where God should be in your life. Nothing else will satisfy the relationship that you have with God but Him. But Him. I don't know what's wrong. It's just, just to seem like things are just not really working out. Um... I I, I, I don't know. Whatever I do don't seem to be right. It don't seem to be right. But you're trying to replace God. You're trying to replace him. If if you begin to take drugs, and let me just say this. Nobody plans to, I'm going to be a drug addict. I'm going to be an alcoholic. Or whatever. Nobody plans to be those things. It's, it begins as a social thing. How you know that? Because that's where I've been. It comes as a social thing. So you begin to do it uh, because it's beginning to bring you joy. It's bringing you temporary relief. So therefore, the problems that you have for a little while, I don't think about it. So what happens is, Every time something happens, I I need to have it again. I I need to have it again. So now, it's making the body feel good, right? It's It's bringing pleasure to me. So I have to keep, I have to keep, I have to keep, I have to keep doing the same thing so that I can feel the same thing. But I still got the same problem. Now, you had a nice time, and you felt wonderful, But your need still was not met. Your need was still not met. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Nothing else in this life will replace where God belongs in your life. No, you don't know that if you don't know that God's supposed to be in your life. That's our job. To help people to see that he belongs there. Not force them. Not try to throw the word down their throats. It's our responsibility to help to show them. To help to show them. God, you need him in your life. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. They don't know. They don't know. Glory be to God. Now. The purpose for people being in your life is that they are to deposit and to sow something into your life. Now, we are talking about, we're talking about spiritual, we're talking about purpose. Each person that is in your life, even your family, should be depositing and sowing something into your life that will help push you to the purpose that God has given you. Remember, you were born for a purpose, and you were born for a reason, and at the appointed time, glory be to God, it will come forth. So therefore, therefore, the people that need to be in your life are the people Who should be sowing and depositing into your life. And you. The lives of the people that you are in. You should be depositing and sowing into their life. Which is helping them to move forward to the purpose that God has for your life. Now. One person don't fulfill your purpose for your whole life. God's the only one that does that. So he'll put people in your life for a season. And that season is that they will sow what need to be sown. So if a person comes in your life with an, it's another agenda, then what needs to be done can't be done. So what happens is, God got to move you on to somebody else. Because he's already ordained the people that should be in our lives. Did we not know that? He already did. He already did. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We are to be encouraging one another. Sometimes if we don't encourage one another, we ain't going to be able to encourage nobody that's going through anything. But we take it when God sends it. I'm serving you today, my daughter. I'm sending someone to encourage you through the word of God. That it may lift you up. It may help build you. So that you may continue on the work that I've called you to do. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Yes, sometimes it's hard you don't see it. But let me tell you. Come alone with God. Don't say one word. He will begin to show you. Some things that he has already done. Which will encourage you to trust him even more. It's not by what we see. It's by what we believe. What do we believe that God really is? Hallelujah. It's not by what we see. It's by what we believe. Amen. Amen. Now. You are born in the family that God put you in for a reason. Now, you may say, Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm born in the family that I'm supposed to be in? Now, I'm just telling you the truth. My family's off the hook. Now, I can't really see no reason why I'm in this family. Okay? That's because... You're seeing it through the eyes of the flesh. But through the eyes of the spirit, God will begin to reveal it. Why you're in this family. What he put you there for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let let me just say this. Not all people, but some people. People who drain and deplete you have an emptiness... And they are lacking something from their lives that is very important. Something is missing. If I keep trying to make you fulfill that missing part, everybody that you meet, you you try to get them to fulfill the missing part, the missing part, the missing part. But the missing part of your life is only what God can provide. So therefore, These people will never be able to fulfill the missing part in your life. Never. Only God can. Only God can. Something's missing in your life. Glory be to God. Something's missing. So now, when you try to sow into the life of a person that has emptiness... Glory be to God. And they're lacking something. Hallelujah. And they're lacking something. So the need of emptiness and the need of lack is so great that they cannot hold on to what you're sowing into their life because it's running through them like water. They don't recognize it. They don't see it. All, see, they just keep seeing through the eyes of emptiness. They keep seeing through the eyes of my black. Therefore, I'm getting something, but I don't realize I am. So it just runs right on through me. You can't replace emptiness or having a lack with something else. You cannot replace it with something else. Hallelujah. Why? Because... That is not what they need. See, what they are searching for is not what they need. What they're searching for is not what they need. So they miss what God is bringing because of their emptiness and because of their lack. Hallelujah. When you ignore a need for your life, It will never be fulfilled until, until you're able to see what the real need is. So you can do other things, but until the real need, the real need, the real need get fulfilled, you'll still be lacking and you still will be empty. Hallelujah. Glory be to the God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You know what? <clears throat> <clears throat> the need that God has you in the family that he has you in is greater than what you see. Because I just see from the eyes of the flesh. I don't see them. Tommy's acting crazy. Pammy's always like she is. Mike is always doing the most silliest things. And on and on and on. Because you're seeing through the eyes of the flesh. They don't want to do nothing. Oh boy, they don't want to do anything with their lives. But God has a plan for every person. Now, can it be that God put you in the family? To help them to be able to see the plan that God has for them. Hallelujah. God may be using you. You're the door that God's going to use for your family to come and receive Jesus Christ. So that the plan that he has for their life will go forth. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's listen at this purpose. You are not in the middle of what is going on in your life because God didn't have anything else to do. You're not there because God didn't have anything else to do. Remember, he has a purpose for you being there. Hallelujah. Just remember this. I don't know what's happening. I can't see where I'm going. I have no idea what God is doing. I don't know why these things are coming upon me. You know why? That's because... Your purpose for being in it is much greater than what you see. Because we do, we do. We, we look at things in the flesh and say, Oh, I don't know why I'm going through this. It makes no sense at all. I can't see anything. But see, that's through your eyes. But you have to see it through the eyes of Christ. And he will begin to sh- walk you through and show you the purpose for it. We have to be patient while God is revealing himself to us. Even if we have been mature in God even for years. We got to be patient. How can we mature and grow? And God still gives us the elementary test to go through. That don't make no sense. That makes no sense. We've grown to this level, but he's going to give us a test. Now the test that we're taking at that other level will not prepare us for where God is calling us. For where he's calling us. It will not. It will not. Hallelujah. Which way do you serve? Do you serve as a servant or do you serve as a slave? A servant of the Lord has a heart that is filled with compassion and gratefulness and it sees an opportunity and a privilege to serve others. That's how Jesus saw it. He saw it as an opportunity and a privilege to serve other people. That's the heart of a servant. That's the heart of a servant. Or do you serve as a slave? Is a slave forced to serve others because they serve out of a heart? That is bitter or filled with unforgiveness. If somebody's making you do something, uh, this is Pastor Renee. Uh we were cut off, so I just want to come back to bring the remaining part of the message. Uh God bless you and thank you for tuning back in with me. Okay, so we want to come back from God calling the shots and um when you serve as a slave, then God cannot get the benefit of it because someone else has your will. And someone else is calling the mandate and how you serve is different. All right. So we have one more example here that I want to kind of finish. So another example comes from Jesus feeding the 5,000 from Matthew 14, 13 through 21. In your time, read the whole story, okay? So it's 5,000 men, not counting women and children, okay? So now, let's look at some points in Jesus feeding the 5,000. He served the people, the message from God. Remember what we said. That's what happens when the leader, the pastor, whoever, they're giving us the message from God. They're meeting our need. Now, that word and that message, it will meet our need. It will bring confirmation. It will bring encouragement. It will bring correction. And it will give you answers to your problems and questions that you have. God is using this vessel to help meet the spiritual need that you have. But Something else was done that day. The spiritual need was met, but then also the physical need was met. Let's just paraphrase it like this. Um, the people may have came from miles and miles and miles around. Who knows how many hours it was they took them to walk, to get, to come, to receive the message of God. Are we spoiled Because sometimes we can get in our cars, we can get a taxi, we can get an Uber, we can get um, CCT and ride to where we need to get our messages from. Or we can just turn on Zoom, turn on Facebook, turn on YouTube and get the message. But see, it was another need that God wanted to meet that day. And he saw... He didn't do this. Excuse me. He didn't do this. He didn't say, well, all right, you've gotten the word. All right, send the people home. All right, let them go. But God wanted to meet the need, the physical need of hunger. Because I don't know how long they were there, but he wanted them not to go away hungry. So, how was the need meant? There was a boy with two fish and five loaves of bread. And what Jesus did was like, um, put the people in groups of 50. What in the world is he talking about? Here we go again. He's being deep on us. He says, because we're going to feed the people. Feed the people? We only got two fish and five loaves of bread. He says, just see what God's going to do. I'm paraphrasing it. Just see what God is going to do. So after he got the people all separated in 50s, what God did was, he lifted it up to God. God blessed it. It was more than enough. And I didn't hear anybody say that anybody was hungry or did not get enough. It filled the people so that the physical need of food and hunger was met. So he met the need of the message from the word of God. And he turned around and met the physical need of hunger. And it was so much. It was 12 baskets left over. Hallelujah. See, the disciples had to obey what God was telling Jesus And when they did it the way that he told them, the people were blessed. Just think about this. When you obey what God is telling you, then people will be blessed. You have to do it according to what he's saying. So the people will get blessed. The people got blessed. Hallelujah. The people got blessed. Glory be to God. Remember this. Just just remember this. Remember this. Remember this. We we are here to serve and meet the need of others. God has given us a ministry through the anointing and the Holy Spirit that will meet the needs of others. It's through the ministry that he has given us. It gives us the ability to do supernatural things in a natural way. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, has the Lord ever spoke to you about a ministry he wants to birth out of you? Now, the reason why. He wants this ministry to be birthed. is because it's going to meet the needs of people. The anointing is not for you. The ministry is to meet the needs of people. So he birthed this ministry and said that people's lives will be met through this ministry. Why did God tell you to start that ministry? Because he got people in mind that their lives are going to be changed through meeting, through coming to this ministry. Why did God call you out to go ahead and start a house of God? Because there are people's lives that are going to be changed there's people going to be delivered. There's people, hallelujah, going to be filled with the Spirit. God's going to break chains of bondage off in their lives. And it comes because you all started out and obeyed what God said. Even in that, there's a ministry that God is birthing for you to meet the needs of other people. It's always, to do, it's always for that. If it's just meeting your need, then nope, mm mm-mm, no way. That's not a ministry from God. That's not a ministry from God. The ministry from God meets the needs of people. And you know what? No, you may not even know the people that it's going to meet, but you be obedient, step out on what God has told you to do so that the needs of the people can be met. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, whatever it is, people say, well, it's not a successful ministry unless we got 500. Well, suppose it's 50. Suppose it's 25. Suppose it's 10 people. Suppose it's five people. If you obey what God has told you to do, the people that are drawn to the ministry Will be blessed. Hallelujah. We'll be blessed, will be blessed. Stop worrying about, well, God, how I'm gonna do that. I don't have the money, I don't have this, and I don't have the other. If you step out, if you step out and obey what God says, the Bible says he's gonna supply all your needs. Do you believe it or only on certain situations? Hallelujah. We're called to serve. We're called to serve. God's calling you to do certain things. He's calling you to serve other people. I ain't got nothing to do. Find out what God is calling you to do. Let him make it clear to you. Wait until you get confirmation. Wait till he makes it clear. Now that's nice. God sent somebody and, you know, um, he confirmed it to you. But you still don't have the clearness of it. I don't have clarity yet. Well, then you got to wait till God clears it. Now, just because you went and told them, because the Spirit of the Lord did direct you, because the Spirit of God used you to tell that person, and they ain't moved, they they need more clarity. And God knows better than we do. He said, out of them mouth of every witness right, shall everything be established out of two or three witnesses, excuse me, it may take one witness and you may, it may what, it may already connect with your spirit, then it may take two witnesses, God already know how many witnesses it's going to take, he knows, that's why he said out of the mouths are two or three And sometimes he has to send three. Yes, God has spoken to you. Yes, you've heard it before. But it's not settled with you yet. That's that's why you need more confirmation, because it's not settled with you yet. And so, once it's settled, now you can move out. Now you can move out. Have you ever had to move out and you was afraid to do something? I have. Or something challenged me? When I went out and did what God told me to do, He backed up whatever we needed. And I know we're afraid. I never seen nobody do that before. Well, God called you not to be like everybody else. He called you for a pacific mission. A pacific mission. Yes, Sister Sally does the same thing, but see, we're not the same people. So therefore, the spirit don't operate in me like it operates in her. The main thing is that you want the Spirit to be operating. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Lord, we bless your name. And we truly give him glory. And we thank you, Lord, that this word, Father, that you've given us to give. Will my Father also help someone who's listening? If you're in the need of prayer, or you just need someone to help encourage you, you need someone to help where you can ask questions, you need someone to help you as you're in this walk, please call our ministry. Our ministry is Jehovah Shammah Restoration Ministries. Feel free to call. Please leave a message so that we can contact you back. And the number is 484-498-8829. That's 484-498-8829. And we just praise the name of the Lord for his goodness, for his kindness, and his tender mercy. Father, we thank you on today. God, we do need to be every now and then to be reminded of what your mission is that you have given us. We need to be reminded of what we're here for. We need God to be reminded on what you want us to do. And so we just bless your name and we just worship you today. We just give you glory, honor, and praise. And Lord, you are worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same in the name of Jesus. And so God, we just ask for anyone who needs to recommit their life to you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, that they, God, will fulfill the need that you have in their life and that they, God, will be obedient to go and serve others as you have meant their need as well. And we thank you and we bless you, God. Let us no longer, God, just, just see being a servant as a mediocre and light thing. But it's a great thing to be a servant of the Lord. And Lord, let us look at it differently. Because when we look at that differently, Father, we can look at serving the lives of other people different. Oh, Lord, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. God, there's nothing that's too hard for you. There's not one thing, Lord. I don't care how long it's been going on. There's nothing too hard for you, God. And let us remember, God, The tests and the trials have to come. It comes to help us to mature in you. There is no other way. There is no other way, God. But you did give us a promise. And you said that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver you from them all. Hallelujah. We ask that you would have a blessed day. We ask that you would... Obey the voice of the Lord. We ask that you will talk to God about some things you maybe you need to talk to him about. And you know what? God is with you. No matter what's going on, he's with you. Hallelujah. We give glory unto God. Let us seek the face of almighty God. As we see, the need is getting greater. The harvest is plentiful. But the labors are full. Full. Hallelujah. It's few labors, but the harvest is greater. Just look at what's going on now. This thing that's going on in Ukraine. The needs are getting greater. And so, Lord, we ask that you will continue, God, to walk with us. Anoint us, God, that your will shall be done in this earth. In the mighty name of Jesus, We ask you, hallelujah, to just continue to just keep your eyes on the Lord. Hallelujah. Until the next time, be blessed, be encouraged, hallelujah, and let God do the rest. God bless you. praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and grace to you. That's what it's all about. It's all about us winning souls for the kingdom of God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Why should we rejoice? Because our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is with us. No matter what we face through the day, He don't kick us to the curb and come back when it's over, but He's right with us through whatever we face. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whenever you may be listening to this broadcast, we welcome you, we welcome you, and we thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor Renee of Jehovah Shamma Restoration Ministries, and I'm excited that the Lord our God is doing great things, and He's doing great things in the earth, he's doing great things in us, and His word is not going to come back void, but it shall accomplish whatever it is sent to do. Oh, glory be to the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give him much glory, hallelujah. He specializes in things, hallelujah, that seems to have no hope. He specializes in things where you don't know what to do. He specializes when your back is against the wall. So we serve a God who specializes. Now, is that something to be happy, to rejoice about? Yes, it is. 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 Well... Let's get ready and go into the Word of God to see what the Lord wants to say to us today. Let us receive it and let us apply it to our own life first. Then let us help a brother or sister apply it to their lives. So today's word will come from Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, and this, it, this is what it says. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Can I read that one more time? Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. He gave his life as a ransom for many. So there was a cause. He gave his life for many. Hallelujah. So, today we're going to be talking about call to serve others. Called to serve others. Now, call means you have been summoned by God for a special assignment. You have been called by God. You have been summoned for a special assignment. The mandate of this call to serve others came from God. He is the one who established it. So we're called to serve. Serve means to perform a duty or a service for another person. The service that we are called to do is to meet the need of another person hallelujah do we have an example of how to serve others yes we do jesus christ was our example of how to serve others and to meet their need. jesus christ was our example of how to serve others And meet the needs of another person. He is the greatest person that we follow the example when it comes to serving others. When it comes to meeting the need. He is our greatest example. Hallelujah. Now Jesus did not give us directive from heaven on how we are to serve others on earth. Because see. It's in the earth that we need to meet the needs and serve others. When we go to heaven, we won't need to be serving nobody. We won't be needing meeting all needs. All needs will already be met. So we won't have to serve anyone or meet them at their needs. Hallelujah. God calls us down here. He won't need to be calling us when we go to heaven. Amen. Amen. So now, as we say, Jesus did not give directives from heaven on what we should do. But what he did was, he came in human flesh. Hallelujah. And he became the perfect example that was needed. Because man needed an example. So Jesus was the example on how we are to serve and how we are to meet the needs of us amen glory be to god now the first people that jesus taught and trained how to serve and meet the needs of others was the disciples remember he called them right here's god calling them So now, if Jesus is here on earth to meet needs, those who is his leaders have to know how to serve and meet the needs of others. Once the leader has it, now you have to teach the people under you how to serve and meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. To meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. Don't get mad at your pastor when they're teaching about uh, serving and meeting the needs of others. Remember, the band-aid came from God, and the example came from Jesus. And we are to follow Jesus' example. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, after the disciples' training was over, and Jesus, he went back to heaven... The disciples, which are now called apostles, went and they fulfilled what they were called to do and serve and met the needs of others. That was after Jesus went back. Hallelujah. So now, the apostles needed to leave an example for those who were coming after, which was us. So, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, they wrote the scriptures of the New Testament, which includes examples of how they served and met the needs of others. And also, in the Gospels, they wrote how Jesus served and met the needs of others. While when Jesus was training them, do you not know that He was serving them? He was serving them how to be uh, disciples. He was serving, serving. Excuse me. He was serving them what they needed to be taught as to be leaders to carry on the work. He taught them how you should present the gospel. He taught them how to meet the needs of people. He taught them what they needed to know so that when he left, they could continue on the work. And so as they continued on the work, since we were those who are coming after they wrote the Bible in the New Testament that gives us what we need, hallelujah, so that we have a guideline and an example To follow by. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. See we need the guidelines. Again our serving is down here on earth. That's where our serving is. That's where our meeting and needs is. Down on earth. Hallelujah. In heaven. Every person will already have received Jesus Christ. Their needs will already be met. So we got to work down here. We got to work down here to help the people down here to get prepared to become kingdom citizens in the kingdom of God. So now, how do we serve others and meet their needs? The way that we do that is through the ministry that God has given each of us. Which gives us the ability. Through the anointing. Hallelujah. Of the Holy Spirit to serve others. The anointing gives us the ability. To do supernaturally what we cannot do in the natural. So God gives us this ministry. This ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he gives us the ability through the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of others. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to serve others in the earth. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is a spirit. And what needs to be done and the job that needs to be done, a spirit got to have a body so it can function. So when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside, the work that we are continually to do, hallelujah, comes because we've been filled with the Spirit. Okay? We allow the Spirit of God to come in. He's able to use us to function and operate and to do whatever we are called to do on the earth. But they need a body to be able to operate. Now, the more people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more people we are able to reach as the body of Christ. As the body of Christ. The more people that are filled with the Spirit of God, the more people we are able to reach. Glory be to God. John 14 and 12, it says, greater works shall you do after I go back to my father. If you want to read the rest of that, you you can read it at a later time. That's John 14 and 12. Now, let's look at this example. The disciples reached and served more people than Jesus did. We are to reach To serve and meet the needs of more people than the disciples. The key is being filled with the Spirit of God, His anointing that gives us the ability to be able to reach them. Glory be to God. We are the servants of the Most High God. We are God's people. We are the servants of the Most High God. We are servants of God, which should never be taken lightly. We should never take it lightly that we are servants of God. But we should show the highest respect for who we are in God. The highest respect. We should show Him respect. And we should respect That we are the servants of God. Representatives of God in the earth. Therefore. Our life. Gotta back up. What we're talking about. Our lives hallelujah. Is the evidence. That Jesus Christ has entered in. And that we have been filled with the spirit. Hallelujah. How are people. Gonna know that you are the servants of God. By the way that you live your life in the name of jesus by the way that you live your life according to the word of god hallelujah we are examples in the earth so we have to be careful what we do we have to be careful what we say we have to be careful where we go unless the spirit of god is leading you there for a purpose Be careful where you go. Be careful what conversations you get caught up in. Be careful of what kind of things you do. Be careful, hallelujah, what you think, hallelujah. Because if you think something according to to the flesh and not unto the spirit and the word of God, hallelujah, it will hinder you from doing the work of God. Hallelujah. Every one of us, has been called to do a work from God. Everybody's not called to do the same thing. But we are all called. To do the work of God. Now somewhere in that place in your life. We're all called. We're all called to be disciples. We're all called to be disciples. We're all called to go into the earth. Hallelujah. And compel men to come. Somewhere in your walk, you are called to do that. We are all servants of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Now, the title or the position that you hold does not change that we are servants of God. Servants of God is not mediocre. It's a very, it's a very high and respected position. Because we're what? We're serving God. How? How we serve may be others. Because who God wants you to reach may not be who God wants me to reach. So the anointing that's on your life and the gifts that he has given you is to use for whoever God is directing you to go to. Hallelujah. So it won't be the same, but it does not change that we are all servants. Servants of God. Servants of God represents royalty. We're royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. In the royal family are kings and queens. They are royalty and so are we. We are the royalty of the body of Christ, the children of God, servants of the most high God. So just just think sometime before you do something. I'm a servant of the most high God. I'm a servant of the most high God. Hallelujah. A servant of the most high God. Called to serve others as the spirit of the lord directs us so that's how we know who to go to because the spirit of the lord will direct us glory be to god and we will be led to that person or people that god wants us to serve and meet their needs that's the purpose every person on earth has a need every person has a need That God wants us to meet. Hallelujah. We know that if you're not saved. That the need you have is you need to receive Jesus Christ. But there's also other needs. That God will use us to meet that need. And. Because God loves us. He will use us to meet the needs of each other. It's a servant of God. Glory be to God. Romans 8 and 14, it says that we are the sons of God and we are led by the Spirit of God, right? So it says we are the sons of God and through the leading of the Spirit of God, we will be led to those whom God wants us to serve. You don't got to go searching. You don't go try to make a list. God, through the Spirit of God, will lead and direct us who he wants us to serve. Glory be to God. Because, see, if you say, uh, I'm going to meet that need, and it wasn't by the Spirit of God, it was by the flesh. So the real need that the person had didn't really get met because it wasn't you being led by the Spirit of God. We are the sons of God. Because we are led of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because we are led by God. Now, sons also mean daughters. Back then it just said sons, which include mankind. So, women and men are included in mankind. So, we are the sons of God that are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Whatever God wants you to do, you will be led by the Spirit of God to fulfill what He's telling you to do. Amen. Amen. Now, you don't have to compare or be in competition with anyone or fight over who God uses you to serve. You you, you don't have to do that. But we remember, it's by the leading of the Spirit of God that we know who we are to serve and meet their needs. God will never call us to serve and meet the needs of another person that he has not given us the ability to serve. Remember, the ability comes through the anointing and the Holy Spirit. That's how we're able to, to meet the person at their needs. He's never going to call you to do something that he hasn't given you the ability to do. Hallelujah. There's a difference in God calling you and directing you to do something and you don't want to do it because you're afraid. And then there's another thing that you're doing something that God didn't call you to do. God won't get no glory out of what he did not call you to do. Only... What he has led you by the spirit to do. And we have to remember. We see, we, you know, sometimes we, we, we get excited and, and say, so, oh, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I want to do the other. But let's make sure we have a confirmation from the spirit of God that he is leading us to do it. Praise his holy name. Let's look at this example It's coming from the story of the woman at the well. Now, I'm not going to read the story, but if you would like to go back later, you can look through John chapter 4, verse 9 through 18. The woman at the well. Let's, excuse me, let's look at some points. Here's one point. It was the spirit that directed Jesus to go to her. He didn't go on his own. Hallelujah. Another point. This woman was a Samaritan, and Jews does not deal with Samaritans because they have been rejected by society. They've been rejected. Hallelujah. So I imagine she was wondering, well, why is he coming to me? Because they don't even speak to me. Oh, is he up to something? Can I be real on this? uh always oh, up to something. Always oh, trying to get with me. It must be or something is wrong. So you can imagine she was afraid. Because Jews don't deal, you know, to the Jews, the Samaritans were people way under beneath me. They were way under beneath me. So would you be all that happy to speak to or even talk to somebody who holds you down? Very low esteem. No, you would not. Another point. Now, Jesus, he ministered to this woman according to what was going on into her life right now. When, when the Spirit of the Lord directs you to go to somebody, right, and, and whatever's going on in their life, He always has you speak to them. From the place that they are right then. Right now, this is this is the what's going on. This is the need. So see, I have to be, I have to, to 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 be calm down and listen for the direction of how God wants me to serve this person to meet their need. God will give you the revelation. You have to wait. You have to wait until God gives you the revelation. And tells you what to do. Amen. Glory be to God. Then Jesus, he told her, says, you have been with five women. Excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry. You have been with five men. And the one that you are with right now is not your husband. Wow, what? How did he read my life like that? What kind of person is this? Suppose that happened to you. I mean, just come on now. Suppose that happened to you. Suppose God sent somebody to you. Uh, The five people you have already been with. You've been living with them. Let's just be real. You've been living with them. They're not your husband, okay? And, And they come. And speak to, write what's going on in your life. See, you're not happy. That's why you go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. Because you're not happy. You're with them, but they're not your husband. And you're searching for love, but you're searching for it. And you're going about it in the wrong way. Hallelujah. So he told her what was going on. When, when, after she was converted and had received salvation, she went out. Can you imagine her going to her friends? I'm just paraphrasing. Going to her friends. Girl, let me tell you. I met this man. Boy, he met my need. He talked about everything that was going on in his life. Wow, girl. You ought to meet him. Well, what kind of guy is he? Well, what kind of guy is he? Ah, I know. Oh, he got a lot of money, don't he? He got a good job and he got a big car. No, he don't have none of those things. What he gave me was he gave me salvation that causes me to quench a thirst that I have been looking for in other people but only could receive through salvation. Girl, what are you talking about? You have lost your mind. What in the world is wrong with you? So when people don't understand when you have received Jesus Christ, they'll say you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. You're talking wild now. You're talking about him like he's a real person. He is. But you won't know that until you receive him into your life. So you have to receive him into your life. Therefore, you will not know. Glory be to God. Now, Jesus, he asked the woman for a cup of water. What that did was it opened the door to him to begin to have a conversation with the woman. And the more he talked with her, the more the fear left. And the more she could see that he was different than any of these other Jews that walk by and just turn their head and keep on going. But there's something different about him. I I, I don't feel afraid. I don't feel intimidated. I don't feel inferior. There's something different about this guy. Now, he is a Jew because I know who Jews are. But he's different than the rest of them. Hallelujah. When God sends you to the life of another person, do they say something different about her? I know people who go to church, but something different about her. Or something's different about him. There's something, there's something different about them. Do they see that? Do they see that something's different? Because you have received Christ in your life. Do they see something different in your life? Because you can go to church all day long. But if you haven't received Jesus Christ, you just went to church, did a good thing, had a good time, and went home. So see, nothing has been changed. Your emotions got, hey, I love them songs. And all he preached. But my life has not been changed. That's the difference. My life has to be changed. For people to be able to see a difference in me, my life has to be changed through the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So now, let me me, me just bring this uh, example. If Jesus, now this is a if, okay? So if Jesus would have only, saw the woman at the well through the eyes of flesh, he would have turned his head up and kept right on walking by. He would have missed what her need really was. Hallelujah. That's in the flesh. But because he saw the woman through the eyes of the spirit, what she needed and what she was lacking was fulfilled. That's what we're supposed to do. See it in the spirit. God gives us, he'll tell us, I want you to go to, um, let's see, go downtown. Prostitutes are down there, right? It's this one prostitute named nay. nay, nay, nay. I want you to go, I'm sending you to her, and when you go, you're representing me so that you can serve the needs that she need, but if you only see it through the eyes of the flesh, you won't fulfill the need that God wants to get done. Are you crazy? I can't be seen talking to no prostitutes. I got a reputation to uphold. Are you kidding me? What would people think? What would people think? But instead of worrying about what people will think, what will God think because I did not obey what he said? Now, God may give you the prompting in your spirit today. But he's preparing you, so that might mean he don't want you to go tonight. Sometimes he does. And sometimes he doesn't. So you let God prepare you. He already knows where you're going. So you have to listen, listen closely for the voice of God. So that he may reveal unto you the real need. And that you'll be covered with the blood. Hallelujah. And the word is with you. And the word of God is with you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Do you see people only through the eyes of the flesh and walk right by? Do you see people only through the eyes of flesh? Are you kidding me? I'm not getting nowhere near that person that's homeless. I'm not going nowhere near that drug addict. I'm not going nowhere near that alcoholic. Are you crazy? I only am going to see it in the eyes of the flesh and walk right by. Or do you, through the Spirit, as God reveals their needs, meet the need that God is saying, need to be met. Hallelujah. Your assignment is to meet a certain need. God didn't tell you about to do this, do that, and the other. So, suppose God, he sends you. He sends you to this person. This person is not saved. Right? And the spirit of God knows all about the person. He says, but I'm sending you. And you're going to sow a seed into that person's life. That's going to cause me to be able to work on their life. To work. See, the seed is sown. Somebody else is watering it. And somebody else is nurturing it. He said, but I just sent you to do this. Now, you're not the genuine Holy Spirit. You don't have to keep coming back to make sure that the person is doing What you think they should be doing. You fulfilled your job that God told them. I mean, told you to fulfill. You do what God told you to do. Not analyze it. Take out your pen. Well, let's see. They don't go to church. Let me see. They don't pray. They don't read their Bible. Well, if the person is unsaved, no, they won't be doing none of those things. If they're already doing those things, why would God send you to tell you to do something they already do? God is not going to tell you to do something that you're already doing. The reason he tells you is because you're not doing it. He will not tell you to do something that you are already doing. remember, remember, A soul is precious to God. You must see them through the eyes of the Spirit. And you must treat them as precious as God sees them. No matter what's going on in their life, no matter what they're doing, you must see them through the eyes of the Spirit. Through the eyes of the Spirit. How you handle them means a lot. How you handle them means a lot. God send you to go get a backslider. Glory be to God. They was once in God, and now they're not walking with Him anymore. God will reveal to you what He's going to use you to do and serve in their life. They got a need. We know they need to come back to God. But remember... God's going to meet them right at the place where they're at right now. It's not our job to put them down. It's not our job to talk bad about them. It's not our job to think that we're better than them. But see, they was with God. And something pulled them out of God. So make sure that when you're going, you're being led by the Spirit. Or else what you say... Will make them not want to come back to God. How do you think God feels when he sends us? He anoints us. He leads us through his spirit. To go to a person. And we do it our way. Instead of God's way. How how, how do you think? Oh yeah I went and I talked to them. But you didn't obey what God told you to. See we're called to serve. You're not doing no. You are called to serve. To serve others and meet their need. We're called. We're called. We're called. Know all the people that we're called to serve is not unsaved. There's some saved people. Hallelujah. Let, let me just give you this message for one minute. When you come together to fellowship, right, either in-house, right, or now online, The pastor, the preacher, whoever is there, is serving the people of God by giving them the word that God has for these people. Now, the people who are sitting under this, what their job is to do is to learn what God has brought forth. It's your job to learn. And your job to apply what you have learned. It's not your pastor's job to apply to your life what you have learned. It's your job. It's your job. It's your job. He served or she has served the word that God has given them. Do you realize that's meeting a need? God's meeting you spiritually right there. God don't just meet your spiritual need and forget about your natural need. Sometimes he does both at the same time. But remember, we're coming to gather together so that God can meet our needs. So that after he meets our needs, we can serve and meet the needs of others. Hallelujah. We got to look at it differently. The servant of God. A representative of God. we got to see it much better than that. We have to. We have to. Whether you have a title or whether you don't have a title, we all are servants. To serve in different capacities. What would it look like if everybody in the body of Christ were called to do the same, same thing? What would that look like? The people who need for to be reached by God can't be reached by God because we all are operating in the same effort. We're all operating in the same effort. So therefore, God's plan can't go forward. But the Bible said he gave some, not everybody, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers. And don't forget about the lay people. He called you too. It's not just your pastor's job to do everything, but you have a part as well. God gives you that word that you go to receive in whatever setting you're receiving the word in, so that he can meet that spiritual need, so he can meet you where you're at. Hallelujah. Jesus met the woman at the well where she was at, and he will meet you wherever you're at. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Every person has two needs in their lives. A need for God and a need for people. Both of them are necessary. Both of them are necessary. Now, nothing else can ever replace where God is to be in your life. So if you try to use another thing to fulfill the desire where God should be, it won't work. Because that place only belongs to God. Well, I get this job, I work all the time. I'm thinking that's fulfilling me. I'm in this relationship. I'm in five relationships. Hallelujah. But none of that is fulfilling this emptiness that I had. I brought a house. There's nothing wrong with getting a good job. And there's nothing wrong with having a house or a car. Glory be to God. There's nothing wrong with it. But those things will not replace where God should be in your life. Nothing else will satisfy the relationship that you have with God but Him. But Him. I don't know what's wrong. It's just to it seem like things are just not really working out. Um... I, 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 I don't know. Whatever I do don't seem to be right. It don't seem to be right. But you're trying to replace God. You're trying to replace him. If, if you begin to take drugs, and let me just say this. Nobody plans to, I'm going to be a drug addict. I'm going to be an alcoholic. Or whatever. Nobody plans to be those things. It's, it begins as a social thing. How you know that? Because that's where I've been. It comes as a social thing. So you begin to do it uh, because it's beginning to bring you joy. It's bringing you temporary relief. So therefore, the problems that you have for a little while, I don't think about it. So what happens is Every time something happens, I, I need to have it again. I, I need to have it again. So now, it's making the body feel good, right? It's bringing, it's bringing pleasure to me. So I have to keep, I have to keep, I have to keep, I have to keep doing the same thing so that I can feel the same thing. But I still got the same problem. Now, you had a nice time, and you felt Wonderful. But your need still was not met. Your need was still not met. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Nothing else in this life will replace where God belongs in your life. No, you don't know that if you don't know that God's supposed to be in your life. That's our job. To help people to see that he belongs there. Not force them. Not try to throw the word down their throats. It's our responsibility to help to show them. To help to show them, God, you need him in your life. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, they don't know. They don't know. Glory be to God. Now, The purpose for people being in your life is that they are to deposit and to sow something into your life. Now, we are talking about, we're talking about spiritual, we're talking about purpose. Each person that is in your life, even your family, should be depositing and sowing something into your life that will help push you to the purpose that God has given you. That's remember, you were born for a purpose. And you were born for a reason. And at the appointed time, glory be to God, it will come forth. So therefore, therefore, the people that need to be in your life are the people who should be sowing and depositing into your life. And you, the lives of the people that you are in, you should be depositing and sowing into their life, which is helping them to move forward to the purpose that God has for your life. Now, one person don't fulfill your purpose for your whole life. God's the only one that does that. So he'll put people in your life for a season. And that season is that they will sow what need to be sown. So if a person comes in your life with an, another agenda, then what need to be done can't be done. So what happens is God gotta move you on to somebody else. Because he's already ordained the people that should be in our lives. Did we not know that? He already did. He already did. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We are to be encouraging one another. Sometimes if we don't encourage one another, we ain't going to be able to encourage nobody that's going through anything. But we take it when God sends it. I'm serving you today, my daughter. I'm sending someone to encourage you through the word of God, that it may lift you up, it may help build you, so that you may continue on the work that I've called you to do. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Yes, sometimes it's hard you don't see it. But let me tell you, come along with God. Don't say one word he will begin to show you some things that he has already done which will encourage you to trust him even more. It's not by what we see. It's by what we believe. What do we believe that God really is? Hallelujah. It's not by what we see. It's by what we believe. Amen. Amen. Now, You are born in the family that God put you in for a reason. Now, you may say, Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm born in the family that I'm supposed to be in? Now, I'm just telling you the truth. My family's off the hook. Now, I can't really see no reason why I'm in this family. Okay? That's because... You're seeing it through the eyes of the flesh. But through the eyes of the spirit, God will begin to reveal it. Why you're in this family. What he put you there for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let let me just say this. Not all people, but some people. People who drain and deplete you have an emptiness... And they are lacking something from their lives that is very important. Something is missing. If I keep trying to make you fulfill that missing part, everybody that you meet, you you try to get them to fulfill the missing part. The missing part. The missing part. But the missing part of your life is only what God can provide. So therefore... These people will never be able to fulfill the missing partners in your life. Never. Only God can. Only God can. Something's missing in your life. Glory be to God. Something's missing. So now, when you try to sow into the life of a person that has emptiness... Glory be to God. And they're lacking something. Hallelujah. And they're lacking something. So the need of emptiness and the need of lack is so great that they cannot hold on to what you're sowing into their life because it's running through them like water. They don't recognize it. They don't see it. All, see, they just keep seeing through the eyes of emptiness. They keep seeing through the eyes of my lack. Therefore, I'm getting something, but I don't realize I am. So it just runs right on through me. You can't replace emptiness or having a lack with something else. You cannot replace it with something else. Hallelujah. Why? Because... That is not what they need. See, what they are searching for is not what they need. What they're searching for is not what they need. So they miss what God is bringing because of their emptiness and because of their lack. Hallelujah. When you ignore a need for your life, it will never be fulfilled until, until you're able to see what the real need is. So you can do other things, but until the real need, the real need, the real need get fulfilled, you'll still be lacking and you still will be empty. Hallelujah. Glory be to the God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You know what? The need that God has you in the family that he has you in is greater than what you see. Because I just see from the eyes of the flesh. I don't see them. Tommy's acting crazy. Pammy's always like she is. Mike is always doing the most silliest things. And on and on and on. Because you're seeing through the eyes of the flesh. They don't want to do nothing. Oh boy, they don't want to do anything with their lives. But God has a plan for every person. Now, can it be that God put you in the family? To help them to be able to see the plan that God has for them. Hallelujah. God may be using you. You're the door that God's going to use for your family to come and receive Jesus Christ. So that the plan that he has for their life will go forth. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's listen at this. Purpose. You are not in the middle of what is going on in your life because God didn't have anything else to do. You're not there because God didn't have anything else to do. Remember, he has a purpose for you being there. Hallelujah. Just remember this. I don't know what's happening. I can't see where I'm going. I have no idea what God is doing. I don't know why these things are coming upon me. You know why? That's because... Your purpose for being in it is much greater than what you see. Because we do, we do. We, we look at things in the flesh and say, Oh, I don't know why I'm going through this. It makes no sense at all. I can't see anything. But see, that's through your eyes. But you have to see it through the eyes of Christ. And he will begin to sh- walk you through and show you the purpose for it. We have to be patient while God is revealing himself to us. Even if we have been mature in God even for years. We got to be patient. How can we mature and grow? And God still gives us the elementary test to go through. That don't make no sense. That makes no sense. We've grown to this level, but he's going to give us a test. Now, the test that we're taking at that other level will not prepare us for where God is calling us, for where he's calling us. It will not. It will not. Hallelujah. Which way do you serve? Do you serve as a servant or do you serve as a slave? A servant of the Lord has a heart that is filled with compassion and gratefulness and it sees an opportunity and a privilege to serve others. That's how Jesus saw it. He saw it as an opportunity and a privilege to serve other people. That's the heart of a servant. That's the heart of a servant. Or do you serve as a slave? Is a slave is forced to serve others because they serve out of a heart? that is bitter or filled with unforgiveness. If somebody's making you do something,